Welcome to Keeping Tabs. I'm Tab the Croc, and every Monday, I talk to someone here in North Idaho, the goal to connect more people in the Coeur d'Alene area. And then every Friday, I talk to someone outside the community to bring in a new perspective and to learn a little bit about yourself. Okay, good morning. I have Stephen with me today, and he um, has his own podcast based out of Spokane, but he also works for Heartland and your relationship manager. Did I get that right? Yeah, territory manager, relationship manager, same thing. Yes, and if you haven't noticed by now, he is not from America originally, so <laughs> accent kind of gives it away. First of all, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Yes, um, so tell me a little bit about yourself, kind of where you're at and how you got here. Uh, where do you want me to start? <laughs> um, age two, I think. No, um, <laughs> just a little bit about um, maybe how you got to where you're at right now. Um, quick little summary, and then maybe we'll get into more of the other stuff later. Yeah, so born and raised in Scotland, a town called Greenock. Five brothers, mom and dad. Uh, so eight of us in a four-bedroom house. So grew up very differently from a lot of Americans. Um, in the UK and Europe in general, everything's condensed. So we don't have the expansive properties and large houses for the most part. Um, so grew up there, uh, was trying to play professional soccer slash come to the States to play basketball at college. Made a decision just to go to college in the UK. Did that, graduated, didn't know what I wanted to do yet. Instead of becoming a PE teacher, I came here to coach soccer for three months, turned into closer to nine months, went home for a few, turned that into coming back and making a career in the soccer industry for about 11 years. So 2003 through 2014, and then retired. Some say gracefully, some say ungracefully, kind of was tired of the, the politics of it and decided to get a real job with benefits and stumbled into what I do now. So I do payment technology for um, Heartland. So I'm in the fintech industry. That's awesome. Mostly a bridge version. Uh, yeah, and I forget, I almost forgot about the whole soccer thing. Um, that's fantastic. Is there, um, you know, is there, I kind of feel the same way I'm in nonprofits. I feel like you kind of get burnt out eventually of when you're just like, you're consumed by it. Um, and so I don't know if that's how you felt, but sometimes I think it just, it's the burnout of, um, and I think we need some different stuff happen in our lives. I don't know how those people that like coach football their entire life, they played it, they coached it. And now they're like retiring literally at the age of 70 as a football coach, whether it's, you know, the college or NFL or whatever it is. So is that kind of like you, what you did? Yeah, there was definite burnout, I think, in a different way. So in the nonprofit space, not to disparage too many nonprofits, but I think people automatically assume in the nonprofit space that everything's on the up and up and everybody's super ethical. And if we face facts, that's not the case. Um, so, yeah, most soccer clubs are quote unquote nonprofits, but there's a lot of people making money within that, especially in the competitive side of it. For me, the burnout came more from... Uh, almost a generational difference. So I'm the, I'm the oldest of the Gen Xers, or sorry, the youngest of the Gen Xers and kind of right on the cusp of being the oldest millennial. So I grew up analog, um, grew up that mom and dad didn't make a lot of my events because there was five, five other people that they had to look after first and foremost. They had to put food on the table as well. So made my own way to practices and games and a lot of times didn't have the level of support that kids have here. Now there's positives and negatives to that. But without saying that 
parents now are helicopter parents. That's kind of how it felt. Um, so I just reached a point where I didn't feel like I was in touch anymore. I didn't feel like the effort was there. You know, you're told that a lot of times, oh, my, my, my daughter or my son loves this sport and this is, this is what they live for. And then you ask them a simple question like, well, did they pack their own bag or did you pack their bag? Because they forgot this. Oh, that was my fault. And I'm like, yeah, that's just a different mindset. So I got burnt out from dealing with parents. The adults ruined it for the kids, basically. And oh, that's such a great point. I mean, um, the elder millennials is what I like to call it, um, where we got to, I, I love being a millennial. Everyone gives a hard time to the millennials, but I was like, I'm in that age group where I got to actually have no internet, no cell phone, no anything growing up with that. But then I also know how to use it and I can use it to my benefits. I think we're in that like really great generation where we're kind of in the middle where it's like, we can appreciate putting our phones away and like not having our phones on vacation. But then we also are like, Hey, we can make money off this thing. And so it's just really cool that you have that, that in between. Yeah. We can, I don't know. I, I'd never ask a lady how old she is, but I'm 39. I turned 40 this year, but I think we're right in about the same same age bracket. Five year, we'll just say five year range. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I you know I I love it, and I feel like to your point, we transcend both, so we can we can go backwards and deal with Gen Xers and Boomers, but then going forward, we relate to Millennials a lot because we live in that life lifestyle now. And then what comes after that? I don't know what's coming next, especially with the political climate the way it is and, and really a lack of tolerance everywhere. Yeah, I agree. A hundred and I feel like we could just do a separate podcast. You may have done that before where it's yeah. just like we could talk about this subject only because I'm very passionate about that, too. So it's just like appreciating this great generation that we're in or that what we are. Um, so obviously you've kind of, you've, your career path has been all over. You've done, you've lived in different countries. Is there a life lesson that you kind of learned the hard way through all of this? Yeah. I mean, there's lots. Uh, I think Ben asked me, that's, that's who I do my podcast with, my, my podcast partner or my podcast husband. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> he, he's married to a lady. I like ladies. It's not like that. But um, yeah, so we, he asked me, we, we often do little segments where it's quick fire. So he'll ask me 10 questions, I'll ask him 10 questions. And that's a similar question he asked me. And what I said was, I wish I knew now, or I wish I knew before that everything's always going to be okay. If it's not okay, it's not the end. And that sounds really cliche. Oh, I love but that. when you embrace that you're the, the master or, or the, the master of your own destiny, and that even if it's bad just now, you can you can plot a way out of this. You can find change careers. You can you can end a toxic relationship. You can you can move to a new town and, and start over. And it can be a prosperous thing. So yeah, everything's always going to be okay. And sometimes just zooming out and looking from a different perspective, because I think that's another thing that we don't do very well. We don't view ourselves in a positive light often as humans. We, and other people, when you talk to them, they think the sun shines out your backside. And you're like, wait, that's what people think of me? That's pretty cool because I've been beating myself up for three days about this, that, or the next thing, you know? Yeah, it's like when you hear someone's like, oh my gosh, I've heard nothing but great things about you. And you're like, oh, like what? <laughs> what were telling lies. Tell me, I need to know them. <laughs> but yeah, I think if, if, if we always just view ourselves and from other people's 
place, it makes us a better person first and foremost, but it also gives us a different perspective on what we're going through and what the path forward might be. Yeah, that's such a great point. Um, so a couple of fun questions, <laughs> um, which I love asking, but you know, you're living in Spokane. This is, this is, I always ask this cause I want to know where to go. Where is the best place to go eat? We have an amazing culinary scene. You guys do in Coeur d'Alene as well. Um, and I get to work with a lot of bars and restaurants in the, in the industry that I, I work in. So I'll say this, a lot of older restaurants, not a fan of them. So a lot of the really established places are kind of, yeah, you, you've had your time and it's time for, for new and fresh. So I love dive bars and restaurants and a good cheeseburger. Mm -hmm. So anywhere that sells a good cheeseburger is a favorite of mine. If I'm going fancy, it's probably Churchill's. I love Churchill's Steakhouse. And they've, they've actually adapted real well. So they are a, sort of a legacy restaurant, if you like. But they've, you know, now they sell their kits online and COVID might have forced that a little bit. Wednesday nights, they're, they're a $8 burger night, which is fantastic. So yeah, Churchill's is probably one of my favorite places to go. I love Churchill's. I love the atmosphere. I love a good steak, a good glass of wine. It is, it is fantastic. And the cheap nights are always super nice. <laughs> yeah, they do their mistake night. Have you done that before? Yes, that's what yeah. I was talking about. Mm -hmm. yeah, those are awesome. Very good. So what is your book of choice right now? What are we currently reading? So I, uh, I always have about four or five books going so I can name them all or I can just say that in Make constant- favorite. So in constant rotation are Simon Sinek. So start with why and the infinite game are two of my favorite books of all time. And I'll listen to a chapter of those at least once a week. Um, and it just, I love that. So he and Malcolm Gladwell do this really cool thing when they write a book where they tell these little micro stories within the context of an entire theme. I don't know if you've read or listened to or, or, or into that, but then they relate it back to business and, and human nature. And I just love it. So those are my favorites. That's awesome. So um, music, uh, do you have a favorite, I guess, let's say American band or American music? Um, so I can at least relate to it. <laughs> so surprisingly enough, um, my music, I used to only listen to like UK and European music um, with the odd exception. So rap is obviously a very American genre, um, less so now, but when I was growing up, I listened to a lot of old school rap and such. But yeah, my favorite artist on earth is Eric Church. And a lot of people are surprised when I tell them I'm a country. I am actually stuff. completely shocked. I would have never, ever guessed that. Been to his concert multiple times. He's amazing. Yeah, and I, I'm, a, I'm a concert snob. Um, and I'm, I'm blessed with the ability to buy really good tickets. So I only do pit tickets when I go, go and see people now. I want to feel the music as well as hear it. You know that, that blast of music in your face when, when it's so loud. And you can't hear for a day and a half afterwards. So I love that. So I've got multiple pictures of me shaking hands with Eric Church in the front row and things like that. So he's my favorite artist, he, but I like all genres. Did he sign your cowboy boot like you signed mine? He didn't, but he took a <laughs> bottle of Jack Daniels that I smuggled in and during the Jack Daniels song. Yes. <laughs> I did these boots and you hold up your boot and I had no idea. And he grabs it from me and I was like, what, what, what? I'm going to have no boot. <laughs> And he signs it and he signs it and gives it back to me my girlfriend's got the video and i'm like oh my gosh screaming you know it's like a just like a little girl and yeah one of those i'm i'm right there with you well i think it was st patrick's day 2017 he played here in spokane 
and I smuggled in in my boots, I've got boots as well, two little miniature Jack Daniels bottles. And he does the Jack Daniels song and there's always an intermission in the middle of it where he kind of comes and talks to people, does shots and stuff. So I, again, front row and I reached up with one bottle and I had the other bottle. So he took it and we cheers and did a shot together. <laughs> Fantastic. I love that. I think that's the same year, but I saw him in Bozeman um, before he came to Spokane. So yeah, yeah. good times. So if um, you can travel anywhere you'd want, let's just pretend that there's no restrictions. What is your go-to travel spot or a spot you haven't gone that you want to go to? Well, I've been to all 50 states with one exception. And I've never been to Hawaii where you're going on Sunday. So Hawaii's on my bucket list. I love the culture, love their food, actually. A lot of people don't give Hawaiian food the, the credit that it deserves. Um, so yeah, Hawaii's probably the only place that I've not been that I really want to go. And oh. I don't know why I haven't been. It just never really fitted in. I have, I have no idea why you haven't either, because it is fantastic. And every island has like its own special, unique, um, like even culture. Like there's each island's known for something different, which is really cool. Yeah. It will happen here in the next year or so. Yeah. Cause we can still travel there. You just need to pass your test and you can go. Mm -hmm. And so, with restrictions, I'd, I'd love to be able to go home to the UK right now, but uh, I, bet. I don't want to do that. And my family, we were supposed to spend time together last year. They were supposed to come here and that didn't happen so yeah i have a friend she's from france and she hasn't seen her family for two years i think mm -hmm. they were going to plan on doing the covid year of like getting together and then she's like still hasn't seen him for another year so um yeah. pretty crazy if you could have a billboard in spokane big billboard and it could say anything you wanted on it or it could have anything what would it have on it so i jumped on a bandwagon couple years ago uh -oh. and it's the word of the year bandwagon so last year my word of the year was perspective and I think I've said earlier like if you can just take perspective and see it from other places but this year I would put my word of this year on it and it's alignment and I think alignment can be applied in so many different places uh, obviously people think car alignment but for me it would just be alignment apply it in your life so uh, like I talk about it in the sales process right now, is my selling process aligned with their buying process? Or are we off? Because we want to create a joint venture versus a, a win and you lose type deal. So alignment, that's what I would put on it. Just align, align yourself. And align yourself can be values. It can be processes. It can be points of view. You don't have to have the same points of view. You just have to respect each other's points of view. So alignment. I love, love that. That's, um, that's, I actually forgot to pick a, I'm, you just reminded me, I've been picking a word a year and I did not pick a word this year. Um, got a little distracted. So thank you on that. <laughs> yeah. Bandwagons so, are fun sometimes. Yeah, I know. I agree. Um, so if you could have dinner with anybody dead or alive, who would it be and why? Kobe Bryant. Mm. Massive Lakers fan. I know you are too. Um, yeah, I I had a, one of my bucket list items was to meet Kobe Bryant. And it's obviously not going to happen now, but he's been a hero of mine since Scotland. So I've mentioned I played basketball. Um, I, that Mamba mentality, and I've watched interviews, listened to interviews, still rewatch and re-listen. Um, I just don't know that there's ever been a competitor like him. 
with the amount of compassion that he has as well. You know, I think that's the difference between him and Michael Jordan. Jordan was had the competitive drive, but Kobe had the compassion as well. There was a time where he would put his arm around people when he had to. And yeah, I would have loved to to meet him and still would and yeah, pick his brain. Yeah, it's so true. I I still get emotional watching any of his old interviews. I mean, it's just, and like you said, the compassion for it's really cool. I mean, he's coaching girls basketball because yeah, it's his daughter, but he also loved the game so much. And he wanted, he wanted these women, these young girls to become athletes and to like learn more than just basketball, but more of the game and the compassion and sportsmanship and all of those things and how he focused on all of it, not just the fundamentals. Yeah. And so much we, we talk about transcending industries and transcending brands and things like that i don't know that there's ever been someone that as quickly as him transcend from professional successful athlete and he won an oscar right he went into a completely different and, and not from the perspective that he was acting or anything like that i mean he created that um dear basketball he wrote the letter and then collaborated to make the Oscar winning score and all, all the rest of it. You know, the, the input he had with Nike and development of, of everything that was one of the, one of the coolest interviews and it kind of blended my two passions in sport was he wore low top shoes because he had a conversation with Nike and it went, why are we wearing high tops when nobody cuts more than a soccer player and they wear these low boots. So that's how I mean, if you look at all of his shoes now, the they're all low tops. They're not they're not the traditional basketball shoe, and it just he just impacted so much with great insight and knowledge, and always always was going to win, and regardless of what he did, he was going to win. Yeah, I love such a good point, and it's like you said, it's even the detail of the shoes and how he thought things out. It was really um, really amazing. Um, who else are you? What other sports teams are your favorites? Because I know you're a big sports guy. Um, so I, I don't want to. I don't want to make fun of you, but <laughs> all of these teams are from when I was in Scotland. So I, I loved American sports growing up because I was, a, I was just a sport junkie. I couldn't get enough of it. To this day, I watch golf on TV and people make fun of me for it. Um, so in the US, my teams are, and I, the first place I landed was Georgia, but I ended up spending a lot of time in Wisconsin. So luckily I've got to the place that the Packers were. I was a Packers fan from a kid. So I'm a huge Packers fan. Normal years, I'll go to two or three games a year. When I lived out there, I was going to every game. Uh, Lakers, Milwaukee Brewers, um, soccer. I don't follow American soccer, but my team from back home is Celtic, which is a Irish Catholic team that's in Scotland. So, yeah. So like we said about Kobe, unfortunately, everything that it kind of obviously kind of kicked off a really rough year for 2020. Um, it was like kind of like set the tone of like, this is going to be a rough year. We lose an American icon, we lose this athlete, and then it's like COVID pandemic elections and it just gets crazy. Mm -hmm. People are dealing emotionally, physically, financially dealing with something at some at some level. Do you have a, a piece of advice for someone listening that maybe is struggling, especially still as we go through all of this? We keep hearing people say it's okay to not be okay. And I think we, well, we need to embrace that. I think what we need to embrace more is it's okay to ask for help. Mm -hmm. and it's okay to reach out. Um, you know, 
I, I had the pleasure a few weeks ago to go to Northern Quest Casino here locally. And they have the swing suite, the top golf swing suite. And I went with three married guys. I'm, I'm, I'm single, so. And it was a bitching session, but at the end of it, we all felt better. We talked about the things we were frustrated about, you know, because we've not been on a golf course since September. We're not able to, we weren't able to congregate bars and restaurants here unless we wanted to stand outside. Um, and a lot of us aren't getting the, the, the normal interactions that, that we're used to and we need and thrive on. So yeah, it's okay to reach out and ask for help. Even if you're not asking for help, just, hey, can I spend some time with you? Can we, one of the things I've done here in Spokane is I'll meet people for coffee, but we pick coffee up and we walk through River Park or Riverfront Park. And it's like, I don't care how cold it is. We can bundle up, but let's still get together. We don't have to let this thing hold us back from that. So yeah, just if you're struggling just now, ask for help. And it can be a, a non-traditional source that you ask for help. You know, I tell people on our podcast all the time, we're easy to find. Send us a message. We're here. That's such a good point. And it's, it's, I keep hearing, I keep going back to that saying where it says, hey, you introvert friends, make sure you're checking on your extroverts because they are some of the struggling the most because they're missing that interaction. And then the introverts are like, wait, we actually like people too. We're missing it just as much. And that's such a great point. Either don't be afraid to ask for help, but also don't be afraid to like reach out and say to those people that are too strong to say, I need help. But just like that, like you said, venting, like just sitting there and just getting all that off. I bet everyone was like, I feel like refreshed and renewed. And I was able to like, just vent and then I can go back home and feel kind of refreshed after that. Being lonely is an easy, there's an easy solution to being lonely. Pick the phone up. You know, we talked about these things and they can be toxic at times, but shoot somebody a message. Just say, hey, let's get together. I haven't talked to you for a minute. And it, it's amazing how far that goes, just that human interaction that isn't through a screen. Exactly. And there's that millennial thing, see? We're like, yes, we don't like these, but we also love these things. And we know that it can connect someone really quickly and reach out to somebody. Um, great point. Um, so if someone wants to reach out to you, whether it's within your business or just reach out, connect with you, or even like start listening to your podcast, how does someone get a hold of you? So the podcast, and it's not as pretentious as the name might suggest, it's called Ordinary to Extraordinary. Um, and neither Ben or I think we're extraordinary, but the quest is to be extraordinary. So uh, O2E, so the letter O, the number two, the letter E, and then Journey is our Instagram handle. We, we post on there a lot. Uh, my Instagram is S-T-E-B-R-O-W-N and then the number eight, so Steve Brown eight. Um, I'm easy to find. Uh, Heartland Payment Systems is who I work for. And yeah, you can find me LinkedIn, all the socials, super easy. But yeah, if you want to listen to the podcast, check it out. We've, uh, we've morphed a little bit. Year one started as a, an accountability tool for health and business. Year two was kind of, and we didn't realize how important mental health was going to be, but it was mental health and leadership. Obviously, 2020 was an interesting year for that. And year three, we're just kind of winging it and doing a lot more interviews, um, getting people on. And we, we want to have you on. I know we talked about that, collaborating a little bit. So we'll get that scheduled as well. And yeah, we're just sharing our experiences and gaining other people's insight and perspective. I love that. So leave us with some final thoughts, something you think that everyone listening needs to hear. Oh, 
Um, this is, you know, I was making fun before that people ask us for questions. This is the kind of question you do want to give people. Um, I would say I want everybody just to look at things from everybody else's point of view. You can absolutely disagree. You can absolutely think someone isn't intelligent, but you don't have to articulate that you don't think they're intelligent and you don't have to make them feel inferior for having a point of view, maybe try and understand what formed that point of view. And a lot of times it's not um, prejudice or discriminatory, it's based on their background. So yeah, just see things from other people's mind, uh, point of view. Oh my gosh, that's, that's perfect. And I think we all need to really think about that one because I think we're all guilty of going, oh, like whether it's political, um, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, people are constantly like quick to just not even listen. They shut you down. Um, and then they make you feel like you're inferior. You're like, your, your perspective is stupid where you just got to stop and really understand somebody. And I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Steven. Thank you. This has been fun. Thanks for listening to Keeping Tabs. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube, Spotify, or iTunes to listen to all the great interviews. Keeping Tabs is all about people, telling the story of some amazing people we have in our community and across the world. So make sure you subscribe, like, and follow along.